This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we learn all about the new ONTAP release 9.11.1, as well as the new hardware release, the Faz 9500. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have a couple of special guests to talk to us about what's new in Ontap as well as the hardware that's coming out in the spring, the new hardware platforms that come along with the release. So with us to do that, we have Keith Asen. Keith, what do you do here at NetApp and how do I reach you? I am a senior product manager in the ONTAP organization, and easiest way to reach me is email, actually, which is just keitha at netapp.com. And Chris Luth is here. Chris, what do you do, and how do we reach you? Hey, Justin. So I'm a principal technical marketing engineer. I notice a mouthful. TME sounds better. I focus on all the hardware that it takes to uh, uh, run data on tap, be it drives, cables, NICs, platforms. Uh, that's my payload. If you look at my last name, L-U-E-T-H at netapp.com. All right. If, cool. if you want to be an overachiever, chris.luth at netapp.com. <laughs> Whoa, slow down there, buddy. <laughs> you don't want to type those five extra characters. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll start off with what's new in ONTAP 9.11.1. But first, Keith, what's our tentative release date looking like? I mean, when are we going to get this release? And then when does it move into the GA timeframe? Sounds good. So the 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 RC is imminent. We should have it out uh, on May the fifth. Is the is the time for the posting for the RC version? And as hopefully as folks know, that the GA is actually a, a little bit loose because what we do is we um, measure a few metrics. You know, number of systems deployed, number of of customers that's been deployed at, um, number of births that have come in, or, or or bugs that have been reported on the release. And, and so those things all factor into when the product actually goes GA, but most likely been thinking kind of, you know, mid June is usually uh, mid to late June is, is when the GA is, is, is likely to happen. All right. And you know, that, that May 5th date could change, right? If there's something they find wrong, but um, that's, that's the tentative date as we speak. You got it. Exactly right. So um, now that we kind of know when it's coming out, when, what do we expect to be in this new release? Is it, you know, a bunch of new features? Is it a kind of an incremental update? How is this release shaping up? So, so 9.11.1 is a bit of an interesting one. Is is you know, we have a couple of, of new features, some big new features we'll share with you. But but for the most part, it was a lot of incremental improvements. You know, on, on top, of course, is a very broad operating system. And so uh, every once in a while, we have to sort of you know, move the needle and, and improve uh, a lot of smaller areas. And so, so there are a lot of little bumps, but I think each of those really help with the usability of, of the operating system. So um, you know, maybe that's not as exciting as having sort of a, a new feature that's never been seen in the industry before, but uh, instead it's actually a, a lot of incremental improvements in a lot of different areas. So one of the main areas we're looking at here, I guess, would be security, right? So we, we always try to keep up and, you know, on top of the latest in security because it's always changing and there's always new threats. So what do we have in, in the realm of security and compliance? Uh, well, in security and compliance, the, the previous release, the one that when you had me to talk about not that long ago, 9.10.1, did have a shiny new feature, which was the autonomous ransomware protection. And that was, you know, ONTAP's ability to 
um, do pattern recognition and, and, and realize uh, in real time when a potential attack is occurring on a file system. Uh, 9.11.1 enhances that by recognizing more patterns, you know, more types of attacks. And this will probably be an ongoing thing as, as unfortunately, you know, attackers and, and ransomers come up with new ways of, of, of attacking data. Um, we have to keep pace and find new ways of actually protecting the systems from that. So, so in 9.11.1, we've trained ONTAP to recognize new patterns and new mechanisms. Um, so, so, so no real uh, change in operation but it's a lot smarter as far as recognizing attacks. The other major area though in, in security though, which I am really excited for is we are introducing a new feature, which is called multi-admin verification. You know, and, and, and ransomware, while it's worrying, is something that you know, is limited in its effects. We, we, can, we can do damage control on something like ransomware, but a, a scenario where you've got uh, compromised administrator credentials or worse yet, you have an internal admin that goes rogue. Those scenarios are absolutely terrifying. The level of damage that you know compromised administrator credentials can do is is um, you know, absolutely devastating for an organization. It's not just damaging the, the live data, but very easily a compromised administrator account can delete snapshots, um, delete secondary copies, you know, delete entire backup catalogs that can make um, you know, data recovery and, and, and business continuity very hard to maintain. So we've introduced this multi-min verification, which when enabled identifies commands that could result in data loss or data exfiltration and enforces a policy that requires more than one administrator to actually approve those commands. So say you want to you know, delete a volume of data and you have this enabled, um, you can issue a command to delete that volume and you can do that by GUI or the command line or even REST API. But instead of actually deleting the volume, it goes into a holding queue where one or more additional administrators in that, in that security group need to approve that and verify, yeah, I do really want to destroy this data and delete it before any action is actually taken on that data. So with the automated ransomware feature, um, it you know, is built for detection as well as taking a snapshot and preserving that, that you know, in-place data before the ransomware starts to proliferate. And then we have the ability to restore from that snapshot, you know, in case of the event of having the ransomware actually getting into the system. Um, now, what we also have some other protective mechanisms for things like compliance in the form of SnapLock. So are, are there any enhancements to SnapLock where, you know, you can um, have a, a basically a read-only copy of this data for a certain amount of years for things like HIPAA and, and GDPR? Uh, yeah, SnapLock is a huge area of interest. Um, we mentioned in, in, in 9.10.1, our previous release, the SnapLock, we, we removed the requirement for dedicated aggregates. And so that basically means that uh, any system out there can have a SnapLock volume added to it with the appropriate licensing. What we've added in 9.11.1 to provide that worm type storage is the ability to um, now have SnapLock specifically for flex group volumes. And a quick refresher, if you're not familiar with Flex Group, uh, well, we're talking to Mr. Flex Group here. I've heard of Justin, these things. Why, why don't you describe Flex Group? You can do it 100 times better than I could. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Flex Group is basically the extension of a FlexVault, right? So FlexVaults were always traditionally 100 terabytes, single node, single aggregate, you know, so you basically were kind of limited in what you could do performance-wise. So what a Flex Group allows you to do is take multiple FlexVaults, turn them into a single namespace without any sort of admin intervention, right? Um, and then it, it all acts as a single 
bucket, which can extend well past 100 terabytes, give you scale-out performance, scale-out capacity. So that's generally what the Flex Group volume is there for. And so having that you know, massive amount of data was always a challenge if I wanted to you know, lock data in that Flex Group and protect it for thing, from things like ransomware or accidental deletion. Um, but now with 9.11.1, we have uh, support for SnapLock with that. And so within that Flex Group, I can actually apply policies to individual files um, that would lock it for a day or 100 years, depending on, on how long you want to protect that for. Okay, so that's another aspect of security where, you know, you can't really touch this data ransomware. It can't proliferate into it unless you start to replicate <laughs> over to the SnapLock volume. But the idea of the automatic ransomware detection is to kind of prevent that from happening to begin with so you can roll back. Um, so, you know, that we, we talked about flex group volumes and how that applies with SnapLock now. Flex groups are also, you know, kind of considered a high-performance workload um, pre- presentation. So what sort of things do we add not just to flex groups, but other high-performance workloads? So in the high-performance space, a few really interesting things. The first one is an async directory deletion. It's a bit of a mouthful. But but where this comes up is if anybody who's, who's worked with uh, file shares coming off of the ONTAP system, if you've ever tried to delete a really dar- large directory, you'll find that actually um, it can take some time. So, so what happens is say you have a, a folder that has you know, hundreds or thousands or maybe even millions of files in it, and you want to delete the entire directory. When I go to do that deletion, you'll find that your, your system, your endpoint will actually be very busy for a period of time while um, it, the client will walk through and, and unlocks every uh, file in the, in the subdirectory and issues that for deletion. And so that causes a ton of metadata, right? Every one of those commands of doing a file unlock and, and deletion is a metadata command from your endpoint to the ONTAP system. So yeah, it generates some load on the ONTAP system, but it also makes your end client endpoint very, very busy and, and your network very busy. So what we introduced in, in 9.11.1 is, is the administrator can actually choose to create a hidden directory and think of it as like a NetApp recycle bin. And so rather than going through this whole process, the administrators or the endpoints can now say, actually, I want to do a, a move and I want to move that directory of a million files into the NetApp recycling bin. And that'll be one metadata command, right? It's a move that changes the, the directory system. But now that that directory is in the, in the recycle bin, ONTAP asynchronously behind the scenes goes through and does the unlink and delete file by file. So I say it's, it's, it, this is a high performance thing, not that it actually uh, deletes the files any faster, but what it does is it offloads your end client points. So you can go on to do other things in your workstation and, and you're not having, you know, your system is not, you know, spinning the wheel. Everybody's probably stared at that little window in Windows or, or Mac where, you know, the file's being dragged to the deletion bin and you watch that file moving for, <laughs> for hours on end. Um, this eliminates that, allows that to happen very, very fast and all the deletion happens behind the scenes. Yeah, and with that feature, basically you're, you specifically have to tell it to go to a certain location and that'll tell ONTAP, say, oh, you're trying to do the async directory deletion. There's no special thing you have to do. It's actually built into the RM command. It's just a matter of when you tell ONTAP where to go for the deletions, that's where it does it. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. The admin actually builds that, you know, he turns it on and he builds a recycle bin and it's a, a hidden directory and you can call it whatever you want. 
Um, but rather than an RM command, you actually issue a move command, either in Windows or, or, or in um, Linux, Unix, um, to do a move. And, and that move actually then um, moves it into that recycle bin. And, and, and ONTAP then knows behind the scenes that, hey, I want all this data deleted and does that behind the scenes. And you can see, actually, when it moves it in there, it, it adds it as a, a dot deleting uh, to the end of the uh, directory or file. And, and that you know, hangs out there until the deletion's done. So again, as an end user, you don't, yeah, no changes, you know, no software, no, no changes to, to um, you know, special commands. You just need to do the move and you can see when the deletion process is actually finished. So that's one aspect of the high performance improvements. Another aspect of high performance in our in ONTAP is is the flex cache. And we've had that for a few years now. We've implemented NFS, NFS before, SMB. Um, what else do we have that's new in FlexCache? Are we are we kind of at the the precipice of what we can add, or is there other improvements? Oh, we've got some big improvements coming up uh, probably later in this year, and that's my seed to make sure you bring me back again. But but what we're adding in in nine eleven point one is is actually a minor one that's that's really problematic for some customers. So. Um, if you've worked with ONTAP file systems, we have something called A-time, which is access time. It just lets you know when the last time a particular file was accessed. Now, now uh, customers tend to use A-time to say, and maybe I want to do some tiering. I want to you know, archive data if it hasn't been accessed for, for an extended period. One of the wrinkles are if I'm using FlexCache, we typically disable uh, A-time simply because if, if the access time is newer on the origin than it is on the remote cache side, that typically invalidates the cache, which means that that data needs to be recached out, even if it was only a read. Um, so, so by you know we got around that by just dis- disabling a time altogether. But then that breaks this you know this archive mechanism that customers want to use. So with nine point eleven point one, we've re-enabled a time access, and so if a customer you know reads a file at a remote location, that a time propagates back to the origin. And if you do a read at the origin, um, that doesn't invalidate the cache at all; it's fully compatible. So you know, kind of a minor update. We have some much bigger flex cache things coming, and that's my 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 kind of uh, peek into the future. Um, but this is a really nice one to have this a time supported along with it. We're focusing a lot on NAS here. I would imagine that we have some performance improvements for SAN as well, or you know, what sort of things do we have there for us? Yeah, a really cool one in, in, the, uh, in the SAN space. So uh, of course, ONTAP has supported LUNs for many, many years. And then a number of years ago, we introduced support for NVMe very, very early on. Um, and, and we're still finding a lot of customers are dipping their toe in the water with NVMe over fabrics. Um, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a, you know, a lot for a lot of risk adverse, you know, people are using fiber channel, you might be a little risk adverse to making that switch over. But what we've introduced in, in 9.11.1 is going to make that a lot easier to dip that toe in the water. We're, we're introducing in-place conversions from LUNs to NVMe namespace. So an NVMe namespace is the equivalent kind of concept as a LUN in, in the fiber channel world. Now, what's really cool about this is the fact that we're doing it data in place and it's bi-directional which means that if I want to try out you know, NVMe or Fabric to see kind of what kind of performance improvement might that have for my application, you know, I, I could convert that, that LUN into an NVMe namespace, you know, mount that up to a host, do some testing. And if for some reason I decide I need to revert or back out of it, I can also you know, unmount that namespace, flip it back into a LUN and remount it as I had it before. All that happens very, very fast since we don't actually move any data we're just converting it in place, just changing the metadata. So suddenly that LUN now looks like an NVMe namespace. Um, very cool stuff. So you said very quick. What, what sort of outage are we looking at there? 
Uh, well, you do need to unmount the, so so one of the, the caveats to doing the transition is it does need to be unmapped. So you do need to, to unmount and unmap the, the LUN or the namespace, whichever way you're converting. So there'll be an outage there, but the actual conversion is just a matter of a few seconds to do that conversion. And then you can remap it back out. So, you know, it will be offline. It's not like this is happening transparently, um, but all said and done, you know, this would be a very short outage of, of likely a few minutes that, to, to do that unmount conversion and remount back up, depending on how well you know your fabrics. So uh, that, that's the NVMe stuff. And SAN, is there anything else in the SAN space besides performance-related things? I mean, were you doing anything for data protection or anything along those lines? Well, Justin, we have to remember that uh, ONTAP isn't just Block and NAS anymore. We also have Object. And oh, so yeah, there's we t- do have that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's built on flex groups. <laughs> there you go, exactly. So we've done a bunch in the S3 space as well. So, so uh, as you know, we started with Object uh, a year ago, and it, it was pretty basic or pretty rudimentary, rudimentary in this deployment. Um, but now we're getting much more sophisticated in in our S3 deployment, specifically with the APIs we support. So in nine point eleven point one, the big one that we added in was Object versioning. And that allows applications or developers who are writing against this to use an API, an S3 API, rather than doing a you know a put, which normally destroys the old version of the object and puts the, a new object, they can now version it, which keeps multiple copies of the version going back in time. You know, kind of think of it as versioning in your in your Office documents, right? You can roll back an Office document to a previous version. This is that same concept in S3. Um, particularly useful in applications that use S3 for their primary storage. And so now ONTAP with 9.11.1 supports that versioning. We've also added a number of other um, S3 APIs um, um, that we support. There are things that we would normally be able to do via REST APIs, so things like bucket create or bucket deletion, Um, but you used to have to kick out to a REST API to do that. But now that we're adding the S3 APIs, that means, again, developers can use native S3 APIs inside their applications to do things like create buckets and delete buckets and, 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 and such without having to use or even know ONTAP REST APIs. So again, making ONTAP really, really attractive for um, primary workloads um, that look for S3 for their storage media. So uh, with the SVM mobility thing, we're able to move to data centers or, or different ONTAP clusters. I, I know there were some limitations in previous releases. What sort of limitations do we have with that today? There's, there's still a few, and, um, but but it's each version we're loosening up. So you and I talked about SVM mobility and kind of how, how cool is the concept being is I can move a running storage virtual machine from, from one ONTAP cluster to another ONTAP cluster without clients disconnecting. Um, obviously today that, you know, early on that had to be um, NFS only and, and initially on-prem, it was two node cluster to two node cluster. Um, with ONTAP uh, 9.11.1, we're gonna increase the scale of that so we can go six node cluster to six node cluster or anywhere in the middle. Um, and we also now support external key managers, which is, an, which is a nice one that, um, you know, even though you might have these, this, these external elements that these SVMs are tying into, moving it doesn't break it or doesn't unhook it in any way. It's still pretty minor. Now, again, future versions uh, of ONTAP are really going to take the, the um, shackles off of this, of, of where you can move data non-disruptively using SVM mobility. What about data protection? I mean, SVM mobility uses SnapMirror Synchronous in the background. And I know that we do that today with, you know, with other things as well. So what does SnapMirror Synchronous uh, have for us in this release? And what about SMBC, the business continuity piece? 
Yeah, some, some, some big enhancements there. So, you know, it's not, um, it's always nice when you announce a new type of replication. Um, you know, when we went from, you know, SnapMirror went from asynchronous to synchronous, then we added, you know, application awareness when we did SMBC. Um, but now it's a matter of scaling and enhancing those. So, so SnapMirror synchronous, as you mentioned, which is the, the underpinning of, of S- uh, SVM mobility um, and also the underpinning of SMBC, um, we, we added a new replication mode. So for customers that have a massive number of small files, and, and, and we see that occasionally when it's, you know, your data set um, Dells and, you know, hundreds or millions or billions of kilobyte size files, um, that can be very challenging for uh, any storage platform to maintain replication on. You have to make sure those, as these tiny files are popping up on one side, that make sure that they're synchronously created on the other side. Um, we've introduced a new replication mode that that radically improves that performance for, for small files. So you can, you can kind of tune SnapMirror Synchronous to say, hey, hey, I either have, you know, large data change and large files, or I've got a whole bunch of small files and not as much data changing. And, and either way, we can we can much better maintain a synchronous replication, you know, across a, a reasonable distance, reasonable bandwidth. So what are the differences between those? Like, how does it operationally work to to make small files and large files work differently with SnapMirror? Well, you're going to expose some of my my unknowing ways of, of the wizardry within ONTAP. It, it, it really comes down to how ONTAP's, pro, what it's prioritizing when it's doing the replication, right? And is it prioritizing, am I am I trying to move data in big buckets, which is, which is you know, where I deal with large data changes? When we get into small files, though, I want to um, manage the the creation of net new files, which typically involves um, you know operating system and metadata operations on both sides of the replication. It prioritizes those and does a lot more of those sequentially, um, rather than worrying about um, or, or or rather than just moving data as quickly as it can. So um, I can't I can't say to fully articulate of, of, of why that makes it so much faster. Just to say that it it does, and it and it's orders of magnitude faster than it was in the previous model. Okay. So another aspect of our our data protection is the SVMDR piece. So what are we doing to enhance SVMDR, the disaster recovery for the storage virtual machines? And SVMDR is is one of my you know kind of the one of my secret heroes within ONTAP, right? Very, very cool stuff. The ability to, you know, replicate not just data, but really the entity that that binds data, all of the, you know, the, the protocol layers and security layers and, and namespace structure. A couple of really nice things we've enhanced. First, we're, we're bumping the number of relationships. So, so on a given cluster, we're taking that from 64 all the way up to 128 relationships. Um, your flex groups are the caveat there. I'll share that. Flex groups, of course, can be very large, very complex. So that is still capped back down at 32 relationships. But but bumping up non-flex groups up to 128 certainly increases the number of, of SVMDR relationships you can have. Um, in Metro Cluster, I can now have SVMDR relationships coming from either side of the Metro Cluster. So, so that was a limitation before. And the other one, which is which is really interesting, is the ability to, um, if I need to do a failover using SVMDR, um, I can bring my business up very quickly by recovering that SVM. But now I'm typically in, a, in an exposed state, right? I, I want to restore that SVMDR relationship as quickly as possible to make sure that um, I can recover if I have another failure. And so we've introduced a new quick resync mode that allows uh, you to choose, if need be, 
or if you so choose to, um, I can I can prioritize getting a recovery point back to my my primary location sooner versus doing a storage efficiency check. So let me back up a little bit. Typically, after an SVMDR relationship failover or 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 any SnapMirror failover, when you go to resync the relationship, the first thing that ONTAP tends to do is say, hey, let's Let's compare our storage efficiency databases and let's not move any blocks across the wire that don't need to be moved, right? If they're if they're deduplicated blocks, which is great for efficiency, but but takes some time to do. Um, but maybe rather than storage efficiency, your priority is saying, hey, I just want to get a, a common recovery point back as quickly as possible. And so you can place the system in quick recovery mode, which will start moving data immediately rather than comparing those databases. So you may move some extra data across the wire, but the net result is you'll end up with a a recovery point that you can fail back to sooner. So we've covered security, we've covered data protection and performance. How do we manage all that? Like, are we doing anything to enhance how we manage these things in System Manager? Uh, absolutely, and that, and that's kind of maybe the last area we'll, we'll chat about today is is in System Manager, um, a couple of new capabilities in System Manager, and some some old capabilities we brought back finally. Um, in the new capabilities, um, Justin, you and I talked about file system analytics on the nine point ten point one episode, where I was saying, hey, it's really cool. I can now see who's driving load on my system, right? I can see my my busiest directory. I can see my busiest um, um, file. I can see my busiest client. Now in 9.11.1, I can actually add an extra filter for that. So I can say, for a given storage virtual machine, show me the busiest directory, the busiest file, and the busiest client. So, so rather than, you know, maybe I've got, you know, one SVM that's really, really busy and it's dominating the charts, but I want to know on my other SVMs who's driving load on different SVMs. So, so now I have that, that SVM level view of, of seeing one of my, my hottest or busiest objects. So that's some new functionality we put into System Manager. The, the other functionality is, is um, capabilities we had prior to 9.8 um, that went away, much to the chagrin of, of most of our end users, or our, especially our advanced users, that we're bringing back in. So specifically, the ability to customize the local aggregates, or what we refer to as local tiers, uh, on, uh, on an ONTAP system. So if I add some new disk or add some new capacity to an ONTAP system, I can certainly still just say, add it. And, and, and ONTAP will, will apply that capacity to, to best practices, and, and you don't need to know anything about aggregates or RAID groups or any of that kind of stuff. So, so for users that, that don't know that, you don't need to know it. But for us graybeards that do have an idea, and we, maybe we're very particular, I want, you know, I want this disk to go into this aggregate and use this RAID level, and, and, and you know, these disks to go here and those disks to go over here. You can now, within System Manager, kick into advanced mode um, for this and actually um, specify how I want my local tiers actually built or my local aggregates built. So, um, hey, that was one thing I know a lot of uh, your listeners and so that's users have been looking for. So happy to say that's back in 9.11.1. And I know that the file systems analytics piece is offering some enhancements such as um, performance data for hot files and that sort of thing, or is that, or is that in 9.10? That was in nine ten. Was it was it had the performance data for for hot files and top directories and top users, and nine eleven is when we added in the capability to see that per SVM. So that's what I was mentioning with the per SVM piece. Okay, got got a little confused there with my releases. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I know that we're adding additional REST APIs as well, and I wouldn't expect you to know which REST APIs those are, but I do know that we're getting closer to that inflection point where. We deprecate Zappy. Are we there at 9.11 or is that further on down the road? 
We, we are there. So that's, that's perfect, Justin. That's exactly right. Which is, um, you know, 9-11-1 gives us that parity of, of Zappy to REST API. So, uh, and I, again, I won't claim to, to uh, know all the ones we added, but essentially we have that parity now. So if your users are, your listeners are using Zappies for anything, now is the time to begin that transition over to REST API. Um, we will be deprecating Zappies in a future release. We'll probably talk about more about that on our next call. Um, but, but they are still there. The Zappies are still there. So certainly if you're using them, you can certainly upgrade to, to 9.11.1. Um, but now is the time to get that transition started to, to move over to using the REST APIs. Hey, it's, it's, it's a lot simpler. You know, there's there's a handful of commands compared to the you know seven thousand zappies. Your code will be shorter. It's easier to debug. Uh, highly recommend um, beginning that work to to that move over. Yeah, and it it performs better too, from what I understand. But I mean, honestly, we've given a runway of like what three years now, <laughs> so you really should have done this already. But if you haven't. I guess this is the warning, right? So nine eleven isn't <laughs> this where is we, your warning exactly. Nine eleven isn't where we remove it, but I assume it's coming very, very soon after that. Yeah, they'll, they'll, the zappies will be in there for for one more release, but I, I wouldn't hold my breath for much past that. All right, so um, you know, I think we've covered the majority of what's in nine eleven one. Is there anything we missed? Ah, uh, no, I I think that uh, hit the bulk of it for sure. Um. There are some other small things, but 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 you know those always kind of find their way into the release notes. Uh, I think the biggest thing you know to to, to check out was is the uh, multi min verify. And I will say uh, we'll we'll want more plug. If you want to check out nine eleven dot one, it is in lab on demand. So for for netappers and partners, you should have access to that. We actually have a customer version you can actually test out now as well um, to get access to actually play with some of this hands on. So. Um, great way of, of, of test driving a, a particular new version. So it's already in lab on demand or is it going to be there when the release? It is already okay. in lab on demand. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. So I guess that you know leads us to the hardware that comes out with these releases. So Chris, your time to shine here. What hardware are we getting with 9.11.1? Oh, you know, I love talking hardware. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. So we do have a new high end system. Uh, coming out with 9.11.1. It's also supported in 9.10.1p3. Um, and this is going to be, if you remember, Justin, late last year, uh, we talked about the new A900 high-end system that was meant to replace uh, A700 deployments. This is now the counterpart to that A900. And the counterpart is going to be the FAST 9500 series system. As with the A900 being an upgrade candidate for A700, the FAS 9500 series system will become the new workhorse and high end and start replacing existing FAS 9000 series systems. So you mentioned this is the counterpart to the, the A900. What makes that the counterpart? Like, what does it do? Like, what's the, what's the relation? Well, the difference is, uh, in this case, we have the same exact controller, uh, Branded as both an AFF and a FAS system. You know, and you can imagine differences are AFF only supports SSDs, FAS supports SSDs, but also spinning drives. So it gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of a hybrid storage solution where you might run your real business apps on all SSD aggregates, but yet have the ability to tear off um, data to cheaper and deeper uh, NL SAS drives. So it gives you that hybrid flexibility, but 
uh, behind the scenes, since they are the same controller, all of the features that we built into the A900, the significantly more cores, uh, double memory, uh, double NVRAM, also the PCIe Gen 4 architecture uh, is included on the FAS 9500 series system. And that, that's a lot of terminology. What does it mean for a customer? FAS 9500 is going to be just like the A900 and offer right at about 50% performance improvement over the FAS 9000 series system. Okay, so this is basically like a, a high-end FAS system here. Um, so what sort of, um, is it coming directly out with the release or is it going to kind of lag behind? So I have some dates to share. Good question. I, I could tell you, you do this for a living. Um, we're going to be shipping the FAS 9500 series sometime in June. We thought we we're going to hit early June. Um, we're not sure of the exact date, but it, it will go out the door uh, in June. Quote tool will be updated for June 6th, uh, the public launch, when we'll tell the world about this new system, is on June 7th. And then earlier, I just want to reinforce the supported ONTAP releases. Uh, as you mentioned, 9.11.1 is uh, supported, but also 9.10.1 P3. So nothing before that release, though? Uh, well, you can, but ONTAP will panic on boot up. So, <laughs> so you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I mean, you can. You can. If you, you just want your can't run on panic down. constantly. <laughs> if you got nothing better to do and you want to see what happens, uh, spoiler alert: you'll panic. <laughs> We're not going to stop you. But all right, cool. Um, so you know, you you highlighted the hardware functionality and that sort of thing. Anything else to consider with the new platform, or is that pretty much it? I mean, is the street is as straightforward as a new hardware release? Uh, well, you know, one of the the real powerful stories with the A900 uh, series system was you could do an in-chassis upgrade from A700, uh, completely non-disruptive. That's not going to surprise anybody. That's what ONTAP does. Completely non-disruptive. The nice thing is all your existing infrastructure in terms of um, IO, all of your backend storage, all that stays connected and remains in the um, 8U chassis in the case of an upgrade to FAS 9000 series system. The only cables you'll actually, you'll actually move are the ones uh, on the node itself, and that's just management ports, the wrench port, a serial console if you use an SS. That's the only cables you touch with this in chassis upgrade. Um, as with the A900 uh, upgrades for A700, the code tool, <clears throat> you don't have to go off and try to figure out what parts do I need for this upgrade. The quote tool has a guided wizard, um, and it, it actually includes if you're doing like MetroClust upgrades too. It, uh, so all the wizards are there. Um, you'll get the right parts, and there's also a streamlined aggregate relocate um, uh, upgrade script that we have, uh, ARL, you know, is better known, that is specifically focused for these uh, A900 upgrades from A700. And now in this case, an in-chassis upgrade from a FAS 9000 to a FAS 9500 series system. It's automated, it's completely non-disruptive. And uh, what we're finding based on internal testing is it's about 25% of the time of a typical ARL upgrade where you're uh, relocating all the I.O. cables and all the storage cables as well. You know, you mentioned the, the releases being kind of a 
thing to consider for the platform. Are there any other limitations that we need to, to know about here? You know, we, we don't like high-end systems that have limitations. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, sure. so yeah, all, all of the I.O. that's supported in FAST 9000, um, all of the storage that's supported on a, a FAST 9000 is supported uh, on a FAST 9500 series system. So you don't have to worry about getting some new adapters. Uh, but having said that, we do have a couple of uh, uh, about what I'll call adapter upgrades versus the FAST 9000. We have a new 100 gig adapter that is only supported on the uh, well, the A900, now the FAST 9500 series uh, adapt, uh, system. And that's, it's a 100 gig adapter. The nice thing about this, uh, when we had 100 gig adapters you know, for some time, but uh, in this case, both ports support the full line rate of 100 gigabit. So that's, that's a little bit of innovation, only supported on the FAST 9500, A900. We also have a quad port 25 gig adapter. Uh, big deal. We had a dual port 25 gig adapter forever, a lot of years. Uh, in this case, since we have a lot of real estate on a system like the FAS 9500 series system, went ahead and threw down another ASIC so you get a quad port uh, 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 opportunity here. And then each port supports full 25 gigabit line rate. So you mentioned the performance is better with the 9500 than the 9000. Are we going to expect any benchmarks to be published for this or anything to show us that performance curve leap? Can we expect anything like that? Yes and no. So we actually don't submit benchmarks for FAST systems. Uh, We focus strictly on uh, AFF. Uh, But the thing is, this is the exact same controller as the A900. Uh, we have performance measurements for the A900. They're in the A900 SE Prezo. Um, so really, those same uh, throughput maximums apply to the FAS9500 series system. So what's the difference? Um, if you're using spinning drives, you can reach the same throughput as an AFF A900, but your latency will go up from sub-millisecond to, you know, somewhere around 8 milliseconds, 10 milliseconds. Um, but if you're running... And all SSD aggregated on a fast 9500 series system, the performance would be pretty much on par with an A900 system. So yes and no to answer your question, Justin, but we're, we're not going to do any benchmarking with, with uh, fast systems. And that's, that's been the standard for some time now, probably 2015, 16, somewhere up in there. Yeah. Yeah, I know we did a benchmark with flux free volumes and fast systems. I think that was like the nine one release or something. So and it was basically to show that hey, you can get good performance with this without spending your money on the, the AFF systems. Um, but that's that's kind of you know I, I get I get why you wouldn't commit a lot of time to benchmarking fast when you can benchmark your performance preference systems there. Yeah, and that's kind of um, you know, uh, there, there's. A beauty in the FAS counterparts to their AFF, you know, uh, models, and that is the flexibility you get. And we see a significant number of hybrid uh, deployments where folks have all SSD aggregates and they have spinning drive aggregates. So if that's, and you know, it's hard to predict, you know, some number of years down the road, uh, business, you know, requirements might change. Um you know, so FAS gives you that flexibility to to more readily adopt. You know, if spinning drives become 
you know, uh, important to your business, uh, FAS is already geared up to uh, support them and make use of them. So it sounds like we got a lot to look forward to with the ONTAP 9.11.1 release. Um, so I, I understand that we'll probably have a lot of content and collateral coming out. So Keith, um, what can we expect for collateral and where would we find that? Uh, tons of collateral planned. Uh, so I'll have a little bit of it ready for RC, but as we move to GA is, is really the target where you know the TME team um, is, is really planning to update anything that 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 9.11.1 touches. So there's going to be uh, updates to, as we talked about, the, the changes to SnapLock, the changes to SMBC, the changes to uh, SM-S, uh, SnapMirror Synchronous. So, so, and of course, the, the um, security documents around specifically the implementation of, of multi-admin verify. Uh, so those will all be available on the field portal for, for the NetAppers and partners listening in. Um, for customers, some of that will actually make its way to the uh, NetApp site. Uh, otherwise, we'd want you'd want to contact your, your local NetApper, and they'll be able to provide you some of that content as it comes available. And Chris, can we find uh, information about the new FAS ninety five hundred series anywhere soon, or are we looking in the same places? Uh, Field portal, yes. So go to Field portal, type in FAS ninety five hundred, hit the enter key to search for it, and you'll see the the standard uh, SE presentation. You'll see the tech fact, and then. There's one more switch that we are going to announce on June 7th as well, and that's going to be the MSN 2100. So uh, uh, that will be online as well. As soon as they say go, uh, it will be available. All right, cool. And again, uh, if we want to reach you, I guess it's luth at netup.com. And then uh, Keith, it's, what was your contact information again? Keith A. So make sure you get the, the K-E-I-T-H-A at netapp.com. And we'll add that to the blog so that people can just click on it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, you know, thanks so much for joining us, Keith, Chris, for telling us and telling us all about uh, ONTAP 9.11.1 as well as the new FAS 9500 platform. Cool. Thanks so much, Justin. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you'd like to share today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Keith Asin and Chris Luth for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.